Ooh, the Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, the podcast Ooh, champion, baby. Here for you for a little Sovereign Tech Wednesday Q and A, and we got some uh, got some cool, a couple cool questions this week to get into. Before I do, though, uh, a couple things, a couple, a little bit of a rata uh, to get into. One is, holy shit, <laughs> I am a very, very happy boy today because, and of course, I'm recording this on Wednesday. Uh, that would be January twenty fourth, two thousand eighteen. Or maybe I should get back into saying 12,018. I do have my my Holocene calendar or my human era calendar behind me. Um, I'm such a big fan of that. But anyway, um, I uh, boy, today, in fact, it was, I'll, I'll tell you a little story. It was kind of hairy. Um, not as in like it had a lot of uh, follicles or, uh, you know, whatever. Um, I'm bald. But no, it wasn't hairy like that. So... <laughs> Uh, I ordered, boy, like a month ago, okay, back in December, I had ordered, I found, so this is something I'd been looking for for a while. So Intrada, in fact, I mentioned this yesterday, if you listen to my uh, my Windows loadout special that I released on Patreon, uh, which I like, I lost patrons after that. I don't know why, uh, whatever. I, <laughs> I don't know what the hell I could have said there that offended you. Uh, but anyway, whatever. Um, you know, not that not that everybody stops being a patron because they're offended. Some people fall on hard times. But anyway, um, I had mentioned in that that I still buy CDs here and there, you know, and, and particularly, I mean, the only really, and I mean, physical CDs. Like, yeah, I still buy albums, too, you know, digital albums and everything. And I prefer my music digitally. I actually don't prefer it uh, as a CD. But I still do buy them here and there. And, um, I, so I was looking for, or an album I had been wanting to get my hands on for a long time came out in 2008. So this is before I was really into like buying so many soundtracks at, at, at that point. And really at that point, at that time, like torrents were still such a big thing. I think music, like music downloading has actually really fallen off especially now, but in the past few years, it's really fallen off. And part of that is similar to why I, th- I think there's a lot of torrenting and downloading that has fallen away because of the ease of use and the in- extreme inexpensiveness um, of Netflix, right? And, and other services like that. Uh, but I also, I think music, because of like Spotify, Pandora, things like this, I think those those have, you know, that has really caused like music pirating to slow down quite a bit as well. Now, I've discussed some of my annoyance with some of this, too, because not only has music pirating stopped, but even like selling you albums has come to has come to an end for many things. Uh, the example I gave, I think, on a Sovereign Tech Prime episode recently was that uh, Voltron, you know, like I wanted to I wanted to get the season one soundtrack for Voltron Legendary Defender. Okay, which I found out there was a soundtrack. Here's the thing. It's only available on Spotify. Maybe it's available on other streaming services, but you can't buy it. Like you can only stream it. And I was like, wow, that is that is so stupid and shitty. What the fuck? Why not sell this? This is hot music. And I mean, it is like the soundtrack for Voltron Legendary Defender from Netflix is tremendous. So anyway, back in like 2007, I want to say between the times of like 2007 to maybe 2011, back when like ISO Hunt and Mininova and a lot of those other sites were really still around and like when Demonoid was still in its initial run, um, even though it's still going today, you know, you could you really could download just about anything, you know, and there were cedars for it. 
um, because you were still in that kind of like the nascent uh, stage, I think, of the the pirate community, which not to say that I mean, the pirate community is still thriving. It's still out there. OK, but by and large, like, you know, so, for example, La La Land Records, OK, they've come out in the past year and in the time span of 365 days, they've come out with quite a few different Star Trek soundtracks. OK, Um you can't find them on any torrent sites, not the latest ones that have come out. I mean, maybe, yeah, like I think the Voyager soundtrack set might have been out there, uh, but like Enterprise Volume 2, well, D Space Nine Volume 2 just came out. Of course, I got that. Um, you know, these are big four disc sets, right? But like nobody's really posting those as to where, bef- you know, back in the, you know, just, I, well, I guess 10 years ago or maybe five, six, seven years ago, uh, like you would have that stuff almost on release day because somebody was getting their hands on it and, and putting it up. Um, that that really seems to have, have fallen away. So back back in 2008, when what I acquired today, um, you know, back in 2008, I didn't like need, really need to buy CDs so much. And I, I wasn't like even looking into buying CDs, you know, at all. Um, there were other things going in, in my in going on in my life to where I wasn't so much the the music. I mean, I've always been a music aficionado, but I I, I guess you could say I'd taken somewhat of a break um, at that point. Not not really a break, but. You know, it wasn't the, the the big thing regardless. OK. So, you know, fast forward to, to December 2017, there's an album that came out in 2008, only a limited run, maybe 3000 copies were, were made. It's not available digitally. Just stop. If you, if you think I wouldn't have thought of that, you're you're crazy. And I couldn't find it, obviously, on any torrent sites or anything, because here's the thing. So this album is. And I know this might seem anticlimactic, climactic, but it's a b- very big deal to me. The album is Buck Rogers in the 25th Century. Yes, the 1979 slash 1980 soundtrack for um, for the original, really for the original film slash pirate pilot episode. Okay, of Buck Rogers, you know the classic with Gil Gerard and Aaron Gray, one of my favorite shows of all time, like easily in my top ten. Um, it was like one of the it was one of the first things I covered in a uh, at the time it was called pick of the week, but what will later become the climax of Sovereign Tech all those years ago. Um, I mean, the, the, the show just means everything to me. It's it's so inspirational. Uh, I base a lot of what I honestly I base a lot of what I do in the Sovereign Universe, which we might get to a question about that later. Um, I base a lot of what I do on, you know, on the 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 uh, the tone, the feel, uh, the stylings of Buck Rogers from, you know, from 1980. So this album uh, normally will sell for, if you go to Amazon right now and you look this up, brand new, it'll sell for $600. I'm not kidding. Like that's, that's, now I mean, you can find seas like the, uh, I think Entrada, if it wasn't Entrada, then it was La La Land, but I think it was Entrada. Um, they released, uh, over the past couple of years, they released like a, uh, like a four disc set for the music for volume one or for season one and a four disc set for uh, season two of Buck Rogers. Uh, those you can find and you can get for under a hundred bucks. Like, and that's not even a crazy price because when they first came out, they probably sold for 50 or 60. Okay. A lot of these four disc sets will sell for 50 or 60 bucks. So nothing crazy about that, but this one is rather rare. And I found it on eBay. I got, you know, an alert and everything. And a guy out of Britain was selling it for like, you know, like 60 bucks. Again, normally it sells for 600. Um, There are other, you know, it's other people selling it. And some people might be selling it for around 200 if it's opened, you know, but completely sealed 600 bucks. 
Uh, I don't care if it was sealed. That doesn't matter to me. Fuck, I would have paid 60 bucks for the MP3s, you know, if the guy just wanted to send me the MP3s. And here's the thing. So I get it. I win the auction in December. Really excited. I'm like, holy shit, yes. You know, I mean, like my life is feeling a level of completeness that you can never understand. And especially because like the one thing I wanted on there, not that I couldn't just get like a low quality MP3 of it anyway, but the main thing that I wanted and I wanted to have it in super high quality, I wanted the the opening uh, 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 theme from the movie, which is uh, Far Beyond the Stars. And, and I just I that song to me, like it's cheesy as hell, but it's so epic and just it's so hot for me. And I know that's just me. Anyway, I. Uh, you know, I'm like, okay, great. I won. I won. You know, it's going to be coming. And I just so excited about it, feeling great. And that, like, I'm waiting a couple of weeks. And yeah, I know it's coming from Britain. So it's going to take a little while. But then it just, it, like, it never shows up. And then one day I get an email from the guy from the seller. And they said, look, this got returned. Like, this, this didn't pass through customs. You know, I don't know. I don't know. That's, he said, that's never happened to me before. He says, I've shipped to the U.S. all the time. I don't, I don't know what exactly happened here. And, you know, he's like, do you want me to refund? I mean, he was great. He's like, do you want me to refund it? Do you, you know, do, do you want me to try sending again? He's like, let me know what you want me to do. And so I said, I was like, look, I have to have this CD. Please, whatever it takes, send it again. And this is a couple, you know, a week, week and a half ago, maybe. And the guy, or th- t- this morning, you know, knock on the door. It's the male woman. And, you know, she, hey, Brian, like, you know, here we got, we need you to sign for this, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, fantastic, because we get packages here all the time. <laughs> and uh, and I, I signed for it, and I knew exactly what it was. And so that's what it took. It took some kind of, like, a degree of, of getting certified mail. I mean, I don't know what the fuck is going on at Customs where they have to check a goddamn CD. Like, I, I or, you know, a CD can't get through. I think that that's so crazy. Are, I mean, may, of course, maybe they're that to that point of paranoia where they think that some CD being masked is like, I don't know, like a rare CD. It's almost like, like, uh, like, like sending rare artwork in rugs. You know what I mean? <laughs> and hiding it in rugs um, or like hiding cocaine in toys or something like that. Maybe they're worried that there's some kind of virus getting sent in, you know, some kind of malware getting sent into the country via CD, uh, you know, shipping from Britain. It was the weirdest shit in the world. You know, but fortunately, the guy, like I said, the guy was great, sent it. I got it. Um, I've already I've already converted it to, you know, 192K MP3s. Um, and and I've got it in my, you know, I'm listening to it in Groove Music. I've been listening to it this morning, you know, one tear running down my face, the whole thing. Uh, and I, I was just I was so fucking excited about this. Like maybe I'll I'll take a picture of me holding it and and I can, you know, I'll use that for the cover art or something for this episode. But I am just so jazzed. And I, and I actually listened to most of the soundtrack already. I mean, it is it's fantastic. Uh, like it's it's really, really, really stunning. Uh, just <laughs> just how amazing. Uh, I mean, that soundtrack is, of course, it's been it's done by Stu Phillips, who also did the music. For a lot of Glenn Larson properties, Glenn A. Larson properties, including uh, he would do the music for Battlestar Galactica, which um, I have a four disc four disc set of that uh, classic one that they only made a thousand copies of back in the 90s. Uh, just one of the just one of the greatest scores of all time. Also one of the greatest uh, TV shows of all time. Stu Phillips would also go on to do Knight Rider, equally a great score, equally a great show. Uh, well, maybe not equally, but genuinely a great show. Uh, so anyway, this is really cool. I, I'm so happy about this. <laughs> you just, you don't know. <laughs> and you better believe 
that there's going to be some fun had because like there's that little like kind of quasi 70s porn music that was used for when uh, Princess Ardala is seducing Buck Rogers. You better believe I'm going to be playing that at the right moments, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In my own life, not even for the for, you know, you know, fictional episodes. Ooh, that's some good shit. Anyway, we, we have some questions uh, to get it. Oh, you know, there's another bit of a rat I wanted to talk about. Okay, actually, two more. Um, one is tech-related. The other is not necessarily tech-related. Um, and that is... Uh, so, and this, this hit pretty hard uh, yesterday, that being um, January 23rd, 2018. Um, wow. Uh, Ursula K. Le Guin died, who, you know, let, let's just call it... Um, yeah, there's a lot of them, but she's one of the greatest science fiction writers of all time. Um, you know, she's really deserving. I mean, we might get into this more on this week's Sovereign Tech Prime episode. Maybe I'll talk about it for the climax. We'll see. I have some other stuff already lined up. I've had stuff that's lined up forever to, to, to talk about. Maybe I'll have it start bleeding into the uh, Patreon episodes. But, man, like this this woman... I mean, talk about a grandmaster. I mean, she, she is the real, she was the real fucking deal. Uh, you know, and, and, and what's a real pity is that, well, there's, there's a lot of real pities, obviously best known, probably, especially among my audience for, uh, writing, um, the dispossessed, which is a classic book. She ended up with a lot of her books. She ended up kind of joining them together into one larger universe, even though originally they may not have been uh, written that way. Um, but she wrote the, wrote the Dispossessed, which is one of the rare, really well-regarded and uh, high-selling novels that is explicitly anarchist. And okay, it's not ancapism, but woohoo, most anarchism isn't. I, I know that. I know that that shocks people. <gasps> what? There's anarchists who are ancaps? Yeah, guess what? Most of the world, when people hear the word anarchist. They don't even necessarily think violence or anything like that, but they sure as fuck don't think, uh, you know, anarcho-capitalism. Uh, it's amazing that ANCAPs think that they have some kind of routing on the term anarchism or that they think they're the only real anarchists. It's, it, that's, it's one of the most mind-blowing things that even when I used to consider myself an anarcho-capitalist, I never, never, ever, ever fooled myself into believing that somehow anarcho-capitalism is the only form of anarchism or that the rest of the world, when I said I'm an anarchist, would think capitalism. I mean, I mean, it's it, it that's that's mind blowing that that kind of that kind of thinking goes on. Anyway, um, the dispossessed, phenomenal uh, anarchist work. So many quotable points in that. Uh, it's a story that I mean, look, when it came out in its day, you know, we're talking decades ago. It might not seem as revolutionary today as as it was then. And I think that is because now, like, like what made for me, what made that book so great, especially growing up, first off, you got to read it in high school. I mean, that was that fucking awesome. But like the sex was the big thing for me. It's like, wow, we get to read, you know, like there's sex in this. This is great. Now that's order of the day. I mean, now you can do Fifty Shades of Grey. You can do all the shit and, and that can be on a Barnes and Noble shelf, you know, right next to Grand Illusions. Like it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter. OK, um, but back then that was risque stuff. And I think that's part of the reason that it still stands up because most people, I don't think, you know, regard it for its, uh, you know, anarchist flavor um, because most people that would teach that aren't anarchists. You know, there are that that would that would like have that book be a part of their curriculum, be it in high school or college, probably aren't anarchists. So, you know, but it, it still holds up. And, and I mean, 
I guess what it, what could be appealing to it isn't necessarily the anarchism, but how it questions so many of the mores and so many of the institutions of society in general. Okay, um, but for me, that 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 book was really all about the sexy, and it was so exciting to have that there. Um, Left Hand of Darkness, of course, another absolute classic, um, and that's a classic because she really you know, again, decades ago was exploring what does a world look like without gender, you know, and, and that's, and that's what that book, you know, mainly has to deal with. And I think that these are, look, this is what science fiction is. It's it's not what it has to do, but it is what it does. And it is what it's really, and very uniquely good at is exploring the human condition uh, and human potential, human possibilities. And Ursula K. Le Guin did that I mean, she, she just, she made it happen all the way, you know, and, and better than, better than most. Um, and she was staunchly feminist, frankly, in it, in, in, look, understand that in the good old boys network that science fiction once was, and there really was a time for that. I mean, you know, you picture something like Harlan Ellison's dangerous visions or something like that. Um, that was, that was really, you know, where he's, he's highlighting Octavia Butler and all these other people. I mean, you know, like that was an earth shattering, uh, you know, uh, speculative fiction was what Harlan would call it. Uh, uh, anthology you know it, it was kind of it was a boys club science fiction for a good little while was a boys club and you know some of them like asimov and others would be very welcoming of having women involved and harlan included um but there was a lot of them that no you know we don't uh, you know we in fact it wasn't even just a boys club it was also kind of racist at points like science fiction had its you know, in, in what was what was the broader publishing world was having, you know, was was very, very uh, could be seen as very misogynistic and other things. While at the same time, with a lot of the grandmasters and the names that you still know today, of course, they were trying to break all of that down. Um, and I think they successfully did. And science fiction's effect on civilization, on humanity uh, is probably never going to be, uh, you know, completely and, uh, you know, sufficiently gauged. Uh, because I think it's it may be near incalculable of how much how how forwarding um, science fiction, you know, is for who we are and what we are now um, and where we could go. But uh, but that was the amazing thing was that Ursula K. Le Guin was, you know, she was selling like she was getting critical uh, acclaim. She was selling um, and she was a feminist again in a in a in an industry that may not have been so kind about that. Uh, and, and kudos to her, like her, her novels. And look, even if you don't, if, even if you bristle at the word feminism, um, you're going to get something out of reading Ursula K. Le Guin, hands down. And if you want to read Earthsea, you know, like, I, or what I was going to say earlier, one of the big shames is that her work has never really been adapted to to a lot of other mediums, not even comic books, uh, let alone films. I mean, there's Lay the Heaven, of course, George Orr. I mean, that's that's a classic uh but like, yeah, there was the Earthsea series that the Sci-Fi Channel did, but in usual Sci-Fi Channel fashion, outside of maybe the Expanse, they com- they fucked it up. Like, you, you know, they they didn't they didn't really deliver. They tried to make a teeny bopper bullshit thing, as to where Ursula K. Le Guin was so far above and beyond that, as was the Earthsea series. So a real loss at eighty-eight. And um, like I said, I I plan on getting more into that in this week's Sovereign Tech Prime episode. But uh, if you've never read, uh, you know, any any of Le Guin's work, please read her. She is just she she was amazing. Um, OK, so moving on from that, uh, the last bit of errata is something that we also will be talking about probably on this week's Sovereign Tech Prime episode is boy, boy, is Intel fucking up um, all of the 
you know, patching meltdown inspector like they it it's getting ugly. Linus Torvalds is freaking out. I mean, like, and and not that he's exactly right in what he's freaking out about, but regardless, it, it's getting ugly out there. And um, yeah, Intel is really, really dropping the ball once again. You know, I'll tell you, kudos to they have, I and I I know I tweeted about this a couple of weeks ago, but but kudos to the Raspberry Pi, right? <laughs> like, say that little machine of dreams. I mean, because. It wasn't affected by any of it. It just didn't care, and it just keeps on going. And it's like, you know, the cheapest computer you can get, and you can do so much on it. Uh, so impressed by that. Just because of the way that, that uh, you know, the Raspberry Pi Foundation or, you know, the creators uh, kind of limited the ARM processor involved. Um, <laughs> brilliant move. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> Not that it could be affected. I think Meltdown, right, Meltdown's the one that, that only affects Intel processor specters, the one that affects the broader, you know, AMD potentially and, um, and arm. Um, not that, you know, not that meltdown would have been a problem for it, but regardless, you know, specter, no issue. Uh, so fantastic on that. That's probably something we'll be talking about quite a bit. Um, and the sovereign tech newsletter should be out either when you hear this or a little bit later. Um, or maybe Thursday. So, and that has some tools for, you know, potentially what you could do to try and solve um, Spectre and Meltdown on your own equipment. Also, really great response from uh, a lot of people really have been enjoying the Sovereign Rewinds. Thank you. I'm honored that you enjoyed those. Uh, and there are still many more to come. I don't know that I'm going to release any more in January because I kind of put out, you know, quite a bit. Um, and I already have a lot of other stuff uh, scheduled to come out, you know, even in well, let's see, we're like the 20, 23rd or 24th today, <laughs> even though there's a lot more to, uh, there's not a whole ton of days left in the month. Um, there's still a lot of episodes, a lot of content to come out. So some of which is, you know, what I monthly guarantee to you, like the Star Trek update, the Star Wars update, the relationship rhombus show. Um, and of course we have the live Q and a, which if you didn't get the notification on Patreon, um, the live Q and a will be January, the hangout, the live hangout will be January 28th. That's going to be this Sunday. If you're listening to this on release day, it'll be this Sunday uh, at 4 p.m. Eastern. Okay. And it'll run till about five. So, and then, oh, Royal Rumbles that night. So <laughs> I'm not going to miss that 30 woman uh, or yeah, 30 woman Royal Rumble. Uh, I mean, the, you know, the, the stock Royal Rumble is going to be great too, but uh, that's going to be some pretty earth shattering stuff there, no doubt. So, okay. Let's get into uh, some of our let's get into some of our questions here and uh, got some fun ones. So uh, first off, Stallion, I know you're really into PC gaming and what is going on with Steam OS and Steam machines? Um, does it still t well, OK, uh, so kind of kind of lengthy, but pretty much asking, like, is it still viable to, to use one of these? Uh, wow. So this is a hell of a thing. And in fact, I got to admit, when I got the question, I was like, well, <laughs> you know, who's really thought about Steam, uh, Steam OS in a while? So what Steam OS is, Steam OS came out in 2013. So, wow, that's almost five years ago. And or at least it was announced in 2013. And the Steam machines, I think, were being sold or so there was Steam OS 1.0. Steam machines were coming out pretty shortly thereafter, like Alienware had one. A couple other companies had them. And then I think in like 2015 or 2016, they all pretty much went on sale and there hasn't been anybody else like Origin PC was going to start making them. They canceled their plans to do that. Falcon Northwest and some others, uh, I think they, they all canceled their plans to make uh, Steam machines. 
And so the steam machines themselves, which were supposed to be the concept behind this. So SteamOS, first of all, is based on Debian. Um, there's, I think they're up to version 2.0 of SteamOS, which version 2.0 came out, though. Uh, I want to say they came out like late 2015, and it's based on Debian 8. As to where we're already like to like Debian 9.3. So, eh, I mean, not that you have to like upgrade, you know, Debian all the time, but that's that's kind of weird anyway so steam machines the concept was was taking pc gaming and turning it into something that looked more like a traditional console um and functioned more like a traditional console uh you know to take on say and these would be machines that would cost around the same price that say a playstation 4 or an xbox one whatever part of the xbox one family you're talking about um would end up costing okay this was the basic idea behind a steam machine and it would be something that you would put in your living room it's not something that would be at a computer desk at all uh, or at least not it's not supposed to be that wasn't the design and of course they came out steam came out with their own game controller which was a unique idea like it had these kind of touch pads that could function kind of like a mouse if it needed to, but then also function like an analog stick, like you'd expect on a traditional, um, uh, you know, console controller, like for the Xbox or for a PlayStation or something. Um, and th- this, this moral, like, let's just say it, this appears to be the steam machines are certainly dead. You know, you can still buy them. You can still buy the steam game controller. Um, and they also have another piece of hardware they have is the steam link, which is kind of, I think, when they realized that that steam machines were going to weren't weren't going to make it. The Steam Link, the idea behind that is that it's a little box that you connect to your, you know, kind of like a Roku or a Fire TV or something. It's a little box that you connect to your television in your living room, and that connects to your gaming rig, your gaming PC, somewhere else in the house you know, and wirelessly, and it allows you to, without having to have a, you know, media PC or something sitting next to your television, it allows you to play your Steam library right on your TV. And it connects, of course, to the, uh, you know, to the, the, the game, Steam game controller and all this. None of these ideas, in my opinion, including the Steam game controller, have taken off. Like, they're, they're just, they're not flying. I, I haven't, in fact, you know, I, I've, I've, talk to some friends who are big gamers and a lot of other people nobody nobody or even when i play online with them if i'm playing mortal Kombat xl or something like that nobody's using the steam game controller everybody is using an xbox 360 controller pretty much unless you're doing some other kind of classic gaming or something then maybe you're using um something from uh uh, uh what is it 8-bit do right 8-bit do i think that's the name of the company i have one of their i have their their snes 30 pro controller or not their snes 30 but their nest 30 pro controller uh that that's pretty much what it what it comes down to is that most people are using xbox 360 or, or yeah maybe an xbox 360 controllers but pretty much or an xbox one controller and those are great because they have um Maybe I could have saved this whole question and conversation because I am going to be doing like a gaming software special, but whatever. I think this is important to talk about. Uh, you know, like the, the the new Xbox One controllers, they have Bluetooth built into them. I mean, they connect beautifully right to, you know, any PC you throw it at. Uh, and it even works nicely on Linux, quite frankly. And so, yeah, I don't know anybody using the Steam game controller. I just don't. You know, not. I mean, I know people that have them, but I don't know anybody that's like that. That's their that's their go to that they're that they're using. 
And I think like they were trying to make it so that the Steam game controller could even, you know, do a better job of controlling an RTS, which if anybody from back in the 90s remembers like trying to play uh, StarCraft 64 or like even World of War or not World, uh, even like Warcraft 2 on, on the original PlayStation on the PS1 and all this, you know how how much of a pain in the ass it was to use a, uh, you know, a regular uh controller um instead of a pc or instead of a you know like the pc setup of a mouse and keyboard i mean you know how bad it was like that it was it was practically impossible in fact i remember even on uh it was on the playstation 3 when i tried playing red alert 3 one of my command and conquer red alert 3 one of my favorite games of all time um playing that and it's not just because rick flair is in it (laughs) but trying to play that on playstation 3 which they optimized and made us like a special edition of that game for playstation 3 it was still a pain in the ass. Like you, you really, it, it just doesn't work. I remember playing Dune 2000 on the PS one and they even tried to like make that kind of 3d and everything. It, it just, it sucks. It sucks. People got to accept it. You know, like, yeah, there, there's a lot of games where sure, you know, a console controller makes all the sense in the world, but there's also a lot of games where, you know, keyboard and mouse is still King. And it's amazing that that, you know that that somehow that became a deal like how versatile that that setup really is uh it it's it's really mind-blowing but that that's more of a that's a whole philosophical conversation for another time so anyway steam os um so yeah so all of this hardware has in my opinion failed and steam os i think has been it feels like it's been forgotten because it hasn't been had a major update in a long time um and you know, I, th- I think the nightmare scenario that Gabe Newell was expecting, and I was a bit concerned about it myself, I won't deny, okay? Um, I think the nightmare scenario that Windows, that Microsoft was going to close down gaming on Windows 10 to where you had to get your games through the Play Store, or not the Play Store, I'm sorry, through the uh, Microsoft Store, or, you know, whatever, where there had to be very approved things, which I know, you know, you have Windows 10S where that would still be kind of true, right? Um, I think that those fears ended up being unfounded. Like Microsoft knows that one of its bread and butters, you know, for, for, for making money off of windows and for the ecosystem that windows supports and that supports windows in turn comes very much from the PC gaming community. And look, steam is still King as much as I wish gog.com was, or, you know, itch.io and all these other ones that I, I just love. Um, steam is still King and, but it's not king enough to where people are willing to, you know, to, to run to Steam OS or where they're, they're willing to run to, to you know, to install Steam OS, whatever. Uh, I mean, and, and there's problems like I think there's something people have said something to the effect of like a 30 percent. You know, there's been different studies, not exactly comprehensive, but there have been different uh, uh, yeah, research done that showed that there was like a 20 to 30 percent drop in gaming performance using Steam OS compared to Windows 10. You know, for PC gamers, that's a big fucking problem. You know, like like they will not stand for that for a second. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily that it's SteamOS's fault. The problem could be with like OpenGL on Linux and lots of this other stuff and, you know, really adapting for that. But that's a problem. You know, if you run into that, you're, you are not going to be a happy boy. Uh, so, yeah, again, this really does seem like something that has completely fallen away. Uh they still support it. They still offer, you know, like Valve, the company that, of course, that runs Steam, still offers, uh, you know, 
OEMs and, and companies to make steam machines. I don't know anybody that's that's really doing it. Um, I don't know many people that are buying. It. I know a lot of people bought it when they like when all these machines went on sale and everything. Uh, but it, it's just it's really just not going anywhere. Also, I think a lot of people instead of like just getting Steam OS because there are a lot more games today that are supporting Linux than there have ever ever been. I mean, by orders of magnitude. Uh, I think a lot of people are just running Ubuntu, you know, and they'll put Steam on Ubuntu and they do that. If you're really into Linux, you're not going to go the SteamOS route. You're just going to install Ubuntu on your laptop or on your computer or whatever, which I think is fine. And and you're just going to run those games that way. You know, I do that with some of my games. Uh, I mean, you can play you can play TIE Fighter now on, on a, you know, on Ubuntu. OK, <laughs> you know? then nothing else really matters. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you, we don't need Steam OS. We don't need all this stuff. As long as you can play TIE Fighter, who, who gives a shit? <laughs> I say that half jokingly. Um, but yeah, so Steam OS has really just kind of died off because, again, it's sort of redundant in that you can just do all of this on Ubuntu and the, you know, having a the Steam box idea was kind of the main thrust behind Steam OS and with Steam boxes and or yeah Steam machines whatever um, not being a thing anymore Steam OS is redundant because like I said people would just install Ubuntu and also the fact that you know like like Windows Microsoft has not closed down Windows 10 from independent gaming at all and so there's there's there was no real you know need for concern i mean and there was a time where yes like you know, Microsoft sounded like they were making, they were positioning themselves to where they were going to close off um, other gaming stores, but that just, that didn't happen. It didn't happen. And I don't know that it's ever going to happen. Not exactly in the way that we, that, that, you know, Gabe Newell and others thought uh, back in, you know, 2012, 20, you know, 2013 when windows 10 was becoming a thing. Um, and also, you know, you also had the perfect storm of that. So many people hated windows eight that I think maybe Gabe thought, Hey, here's our chance. This is the time for another operating system to swoop in. Um, and it didn't happen, you know, like, like once again, <laughs> you know, that was another thing where no windows 10 came out and it ended up being pretty much a hit, uh, you know, for, for most people. So not a huge deal. Um, I will say that like, as of steam OS 2.0, the requirements. This was another thing that I think that, that kept it from catching on. I think a lot of people would have installed SteamOS, but it required at the time, like when it first came out, it needed like a one terabyte hard drive. You know, and we're talking back in 2013. That wasn't exactly order of the day or the direction that things were going, nor is it really still going now. Uh, that that was, I mean, especially if you're putting in solid state drives, like one terabyte solid state drives were not cheap at the time. I'm not, they're still not exactly cheap, but you know, it, I mean, that that wasn't an inexpensive venture by any means. And so I think that turned a lot of people off. Now you need significantly less. You still need a lot, though. Like, I think the specs are still in, in the hundreds of gigs that you need um, to install SteamOS. It, it's a it's such a weird operating system. So I'm not surprised, really, I guess, that it, now that it didn't catch on based upon, you know, how, how things have shaped up with it. Uh, but, yeah, very, very weird all of that, even though you know, I've seen it in action. And like, what's really cool about it is, you know, when we watch so many science fiction movies and stuff that takes place in the future, you see all these wild operating systems and all these wild UIs and everything that people are running on. SteamOS is kind of that wild UI, you know, that that you wouldn't, you know, that, that you expected the future to kind of look like, which is maybe why it needs so much uh, hard drive space. But it, it's such a shame that that more operating systems aren't coming out with these really like insane drop down menus and all this other shit that'll show up, um, you know, on, on your PC. Uh, that that's 
I, I applaud SteamOS for really trying something different, but I don't know. Maybe the world's not ready for it. Maybe people know that, and that's why they—that's why the major operating systems don't do wild shit with their, uh, you know, with their user interface. So, anyway, um, yeah, SteamOS. I, I dare say it's pretty much dead. I wouldn't mess with it. I would just, if I really wanted to run games on Linux, I would just install Ubuntu and go. You know, and then or or like I said, uh, yes, or, you know, recently on the uh, Windows loadout uh, special, just have a, a Windows computer that sits off to the side and doesn't do anything except play games for you. You know, that that's that's a totally, totally valid uh, option. So, all right, let's move on to uh, another bit of questions here. Stallion, I've recently heard you talk about not sending nudes over. Uh, messaging apps. Do you have any recommendations for how to send nudes or how to record uh, any home videos? And that's put in quotes. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. I've talked about this quite a few times. All right. This, this, this whole business. Um, and yes, I think maybe it was on a recent relationship rhombus show where Stephanie and I were talking about, or maybe it was even, I know we've talked about it on Sovereign Tech Prime too. We were talking about like how to send nudes and things like this. Like usually you don't want to send your face. Um, I mean, like, I don't want to be too extreme on that. You know, first off, the real issue is, is that nudity should not be a problem. You know, it should not be something that is tantamount to blackmail against people or shaming. Like, obviously, like, let's just get that right out of the out of the way, um, because that that's that's the real problem. Forget about security and things like this. It's just we live in such a sick world that that nudity is seen as something terrible, that the human body is seen as something that, uh, you know, can be used against somebody, uh, you know, as a way to shut them up or like I said, as blackmail, um, or as a way to shame somebody that that's, if, if you, you know, if you ever doubted my point that from the ground up society is so screwed here, here is exhibit a of proof that yes, it is. Because you in your own skin cannot be comfortable. That's fucking outrageous. Fucking outrageous. And you know exactly who to blame. It, it's society. You know, I mean, it's social mores. It's religion. It's, uh, you know, government laws. Fucking laws. Threat of the gun if you are seen naked. And look, there's plenty of people that, I mean, you know, I want... Look, I, I am I am a nudist slash naturist. I am all for that. I fucking hate clothes. Uh, I mean, like, I really hate clothes. Uh, d- don't bring up the winter stuff. Don't do it. I've already addressed that a million fucking times. But bottom line, you know, I consider myself among that among that ilk. And I don't care. You know, yeah, I get it. There's people who have bodies that maybe you don't find attractive or you don't want to see or something. But I don't care. I want to, you know, everybody should be able to walk around nude or something. Um, there's a big difference between walking around nude and then walking around and jerking off. You know, like th- those are not the same thing at all. All right. Uh, but, you know, I wish everybody could do that. And, and, and it's insane that you cannot walk around nude. You know, I mean, and and there is at the end of the day, it's threat of the gun. If you do just think about that. That's that's preposterous. So anyway, um, I'm not saying you can't have your face in a picture that you send over signal. If you are going to send nudes, as we've said, as Stephanie and I know said many times, you send them over signal like that is the way to go. Um, I would not necessarily recommend doing it any other way. 
So, you know, as that goes and, you know, you can send full body and all that. I mean, if you're if you're really concerned, if you don't trust the person 100 percent or whatever, um, or maybe you don't feel you have your best practices, uh, you know, going on on your digital life, then sure, you know, don't get your face in it and try not to make it full body or something. I mean, then, then okay, you know, that's 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 a very safe avenue, safe route to go. All right. Um, now, but as far as home video, okay, this is something that, that we need to talk about. And I've, I've had a similar solution for a very, very long time. There used to be great solutions for how to make, I mean, you're, you're, I'm guessing by what you're asking, you're pretty much asking, how do you do, uh, uh, like home porn? Okay. Um, this is something this, interestingly enough, this is an area where I think society is actually going forward. And I'll tell you why, because if like, if you go to Pornhub, not that I watch a ton of porn, okay, but I keep an eye on all these various industries as they relate to tech. And uh, as Mistress Harley, uh, the tech dom, very, you know, very eloquently said, you know, and many of others have said, from Motley Crue to a whole bunch of people, that, you know, porn and sex, you know, forwards technology. And I think that that's absolutely true, that that, that does happen in a very real sense. Um, not in the, you know, there's other, obviously there's other things that drive it, but that's, that is a major part of it. Um, if you go to like Pornhub and a lot of these other places, there are so many like you can become effectively a Pornhub star, not a porn star. You become a Pornhub star where there are amateurs, you know, independent people who just become major hits on Pornhub. And, you know, they'll have like the little blue check mark next to their name and everything um, that they're a verified user and a verified amateur uploader and all this. And, and you can create just like you create a YouTube channel. Instead of YouTube videos, though, you're making porn, you know, a, a gal and, and her boyfriend or a gal and her girlfriend or you, you, whatever, however it takes shape. OK. Uh, and, and you and you can become a very big deal and you can make money off of it. You know, you can get subscribers and all this different shit. And then they even have like Pornhub has they've kind of gamified it to where there's achievements that you can reach that you can unlock and all this. I mean, it's it's really fascinating, you know, that 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 that's really a thing. And that's my point is that there are a lot of people and these are these are, you know, a lot of them women, obviously, you know, nature of Pornhub, but though there's gay sex there, too, uh, of, of different types. But, you know, there's a lot. Of, I mean, they're showing their face. They're not hiding anything. Oftentimes, ironically, the guy's hiding, which I don't quite get that. But maybe that's that might be on purpose because, you know, the woman wants you to uh, imagine that it's you. And if you can see the person's face, you can't imagine that it's you, you know, doing the stooping with her or whatever's going on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so so this is becoming, you know, becoming an independent amateur porn star and maybe even amateur is an insulting term or is a, you know, isn't the best term. Uh, but becoming an independent porn star has really become a thing. And it's it's taking over the Internet in a very real sense. Uh, in fact, at some point, I might want to get one of those people onto Sovereign Tech, you know, to talk about what their experience is like and, you know, what what the whole entrepreneurial side of that is. OK, because I'd be intrigued to hear a lot more about it myself. So that, yeah, society's getting a little bit forward on that, because at least now people are willing to make home videos of themselves. Sure. Maybe they're getting some kind of return out of it, you know, some kind of monetary or some kind of benefit out of it. Um, but they're willing to do it and it's out there and it's happening. And I think, you know, I think that's dynamite. I think that that's just tremendous. And if you're proud of it, you know, people really can't use it against you. It's like, no, no, I'm, I'm fucking proud of it. You know? And, and that's the thing you know, that's the whole concept of letting your freak flag fly, right? Fly high because let the world, God damn it. No, no, I'm a freak. And, you can't use that against me.
because I'm proud of it and great. You know, I, I think that that's absolutely beautiful. Um, but say you don't want to upload it to Pornhub. Say you want it to be, you know, something that's literally just kept to you. Um, no, I do not recommend using just your smartphone camera. Okay. Uh, those videos can get uploaded at any given moment to who knows what, and you may not even think about it. You know, it could go up to Google Drive or OneDrive or wherever you want, or, you know, Google Photos, wherever you want your videos backed up to. Um, I really don't recommend that. Okay. Uh, now, it's a little bit different with, because and, and, I don't even know of an app, and maybe I should look into this deeper. I don't even know of an app that tries to, like, record video and put it in a secure enclave. I know the Guardian Project has tried to do things like that, but I think they've had varying results as far as that goes. Uh, like, one of the nice things about Signal is Signal will, you know, has a, you know, kind of a secure enclave that it creates, and it allows you to access your camera um, to, you know, to take a picture that stays within Signal pretty much and doesn't automatically download to your, and when you send it, it doesn't automatically download to the other person's phone or anything. That way it doesn't go up to the cloud, right? So, you know, that's that's a great way to do it, but that's generally only for pictures, not so much for uh, for video, okay? And even then, say you wanted to actually keep that video, well, at some point you're going to have to get it onto some other device and then you're going to have to download it on, you know, pretty much you'd have to save it outside of Signal into your phone's gallery, okay? And that could be a real problem. So the best thing to do here, and really this is a best practice across the board for just about anything when it comes to security, even though some may see it as extreme. And I've talked about this quite a few times, but I know I have a lot of new listeners. So let's bring up the new, you know, so let's bring up the old trick to the new boys and gals and Z's. Um, what you want to do is you want to have a separate piece of hardware. You want to, you want to have a separate camera. Okay. Now you want this camera to not be connected to the internet. You don't want it to have Wi-Fi. You want it to be very basic where, you know, maybe it can, it can, hopefully it can at least do some kind of SD card or micro SD card or something like that, but it has no radios built into it. It's not going to send anything anywhere. If you want to be really, really secure about making your home porn videos, okay, you don't want it. To, you don't even want, because you're going to have to trust the soft switch, right? That's saying, oh yeah, yeah, Wi-Fi is off. Okay. Whatever you say there, Jack. No, you want this to be like a kind of a, a self-contained um, device in a very real sense. Okay. And so the, the best way to go about that is, now I have what I call my porn cam. Okay. Where it is, it is a, it's an older, and I mean older as in this thing is probably 15 years old, uh, maybe even a little older than that. Okay. It's the Vivitar DVR 530. That is the model. Now, there had been models after the 530. The 530 is kind of an older one. But the five, the DVR 530 from Vivitar, and, and I think I saw, I looked on eBay. Somebody had one for like 20 bucks that you could buy. I think I paid like 250 or I, I paid some crazy amount back. And again, that was, you know, 15 years ago. Uh, or how, yeah, something like that. Well over a decade anyway. And um, the nice thing about this is, yeah, there are no radios on this thing. You know, no Wi-Fi, no Bluetooth, no bullshit, none of that. All right. Now, because it's so old, obviously, it only has like a five megapixel camera, which is 
pretty goddamn weak. It does not have HD recording, and if you're wanting it, you know, your porn in HD, then this would not be an option for you, and you're probably not going to find a very good option. Um, because even like even the high end like Sony's and all that, that that you can buy today, you know, like these video cameras, most of them will have Bluetooth or like Wi-Fi built into them now, or they'll even they'll fucking run Android. It, it's it's crazy, but I'm sure you can find something maybe that would that would fit your bill better. Bottom line being, you want to get a standalone camera of some kind that does again doesn't have any radios, doesn't connect. You know, it. it you know, you, you're not even really going to connect it via USB. You, it's hopefully going to take, like I said, some kind of SD card or whatever. Like my Vivitar takes an SD card. It takes a very old style of SD card. Like you can't put more than four gigs in it, or whatever. Not that that's a big deal because the resolution is significantly lower. Um, you know, you can hold hours and hours and hours on it. You, you know, on, on a, you know, on a, a very small SD card. Uh, so that's not really an issue. Um, it only has, I mean, like, and, and this is a very limited thing. Like it has 4X digital zoom, so you can't really pull a whole lot of tricks with it. It does have a built-in flash. It can work as a camera as well, which is also handy for that, where it's not just video, but I could also take pictures with it. Um, and I've done that, you know, like it's something I actually, I, I carry it with me often uh, with a blank SD card in it, by the way, you know, don't try taking it from me and think you're going to find something good on there. Um, and, uh, you know, this is something I bring with me on travels, whatever, cause you never know what you're going to be doing. And it, it's just, it, it's a lot of fun, you know, and, and that's your porn cam. And this is a completely separate device. Um, and then if you have like a separate computer where you wanted to store that, or, you know, you had your own, I don't know, something on your net, you know, not barely even connected to your network, if even connected to your network where, you know, you had maybe like a, a, a Veracrypt, you know, like an encrypted, um, you know, container of some kind that that you could put those in. However, that all takes shape. I mean, like there, there's just this is stuff I you know, if you're really concerned about it, this is stuff that you want to make sure is locked down and, and do it right. And the really the best way to do, you know, as close to 100 percent security. There's no such thing, really. But as close as you can get to it is you got to go with separate hardware. Do not use your smartphone for this sort of shit unless you want it at some point to get leaked somehow um, if you have concerns around that. So, yeah, you don't have to go with something as old school as what I have with my DVR 530. Um, but I would I'd recommend going the older, the better as far as this goes, as, as far as getting a porn cam. And the nice thing, too, is my Vivitar. I mean, the real beauty of it is the thing is like smaller than the average smartphone today. It's very tiny. And so it is easily packable and, and, you know, and you can set it up very simply and it has its own little built-in screen on, it. I mean, a very small screen, but it has a little built-in screen, a little speaker on it and everything. So that they, you know, kind of folds up and out, um, that way you can, the screen does that way you can, you know, watch right on there. You know, if you wanted to just keep it all on the device, you could just watch it right on there. Like I could just, you know, if I wanted, I could just have a library of SD cards. And I could only view them on that device and never have to connect them to, uh, you know, never have to connect them to another device or anything or plug it into another computer or something. Uh, so that's that's a nice if it's if it's a really self-contained and boy, if it's pocketable, I mean, like all of that is great. You know, <laughs> like I, I think that's a great option. So, yeah. And, and you know, have fun. Rock and roll. You know, <laughs> I mean, maybe you want to, like, you know, put in special effects and all this other shit. Um, I've certainly been tempted to do that sort of thing as well. Uh, again, if you're going to do that sort of stuff, well, you know, just bear in mind that there's, there's the chance. Well, I'll tell you step number one, do not install Google photos on your fucking computer because Google photos scans your entire computer for every video and picture on your computer. 
Again, this is another area. Do not, do not get involved with Google as much as you can help it. Just don't. Okay. Um, there's some things that we have to use from Google. You know, if you feel like you have to use YouTube, you feel like you got to use Hangouts. I use Hangouts. You know, to do the the live Q and As. I can't wait until I don't have to anymore, and that time's coming. Um, you know, but but just don't use Google services because they are just sucking up all of every ounce of data that they possibly can about you more so I think than any other company. They are so terrible. Uh, so anyway, so there, there you go. That that's, that's how you do, that's how you make a, a home porn uh, video is you get a, an antiquated and I mean, it's going to cost you less. Isn't that great? But you get an antiquated, you know, porn cam. No, you know, no, you know, again, no, um, don't even just don't even use a webcam. Make it a completely separate device. No radios on it whatsoever. You know, you make sure that shit's locked down. And I hope that your lady friend or guy friend or whoever will uh, will find it to be will will find your concern for privacy to be incredibly sexy, uh, which I think it is. So there we go. Um, okay, let's get into. We got time for one more. I don't think we'll be able to get into the sovereign universe question, um, but do have some really cool stuff coming up with the sovereign universe. Uh, we had uh, had such a great time um, having Ellen Ball over. Uh, Ellen is such a such a dear friend of mine, and uh, you know, for me and Stephanie, and it was you know the three of us. We were just in the studio having a great time. It was it, oh, it was tremendous uh, d- doing all that. So a lot of fun stuff coming your way. Um, okay, so. The next question is, I, I kind of boiled it down here. Uh, what's the cheapest equipment I can buy for working out? And, you know, I read this. And first off, I'm really like I'm getting a lot of emails of people saying that for 2018, they really want to start taking their health very seriously. They want to start working out, doing all this. I think that's dynamite. Good for you. I, I think that that's awesome. Uh, you don't have to, you know, but I think there's really something to that kind of mind body you know that like the health of one directly correlates and affects the health of the other you know and it goes both ways Um, I really think and I think we're more than our mind so having a healthy body leads to perhaps a healthy form of consciousness overall Um, just putting that out there but the best you is what you decide okay I'm not I'm not judging here so okay uh, the cheapest equipment you can buy for working out um, I mean, basically, the question was like, what's the one thing I could get, you know, that would that would really, you know, up their game. And so I'm not going to recommend a dumbbell. I'm not going to recommend any kind of pair of gloves or anything like that. I'm not going to recommend any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> and you don't even have to buy this. You know, we're, earlier we were talking about torrenting albums and everything. You could probably. Well, shit, I just dropped. I just gave you the I just gave you the hint. Uh, you could probably torrent this. And that is get like get like a best of Rocky cd or album you know like soundtrack you know or or if and if you want to do the bonus i mean you can buy it and you could probably get it for like eight bucks digitally or something and the cd would probably be even cheaper if you got to use one um or you could get uh you know like get the rocky four soundtrack or something that one alone would actually do you pretty well because the rocky four soundtrack has eye of the tiger and a lot of the you know hearts on fire um, no, no easy way out and kind of has the, the fanfare with the war theme. I mean, Vince DiCola's work of the soundtrack for Rocky four is tremendous, but that's, but that's my answer is get a Rocky CD, not a, a Rocky album, nothing, 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 nothing will inspire you more than listening to that. And if you've never watched the Rocky movies for, for fuck's sake, go watch those movies. That's just, that's one of the greatest movie series of all time. I mean, just easily. Just, just easily, 
and it's still going. I mean, we got Creed 2 coming up. I can't wait for that. And it's going to be with uh, Ivan Drago's son. Oh, it's going to be tremendous. Um, I mean, and that's going to be like, that's going to be a real revenge story because, you know, Ivan Drago killed Apollo Creed. I mean, shit. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait for that. But anyway, yeah, seriously, I'm, I'm, I mean, like I say it and it's, it's kind of a joke, but not really, uh, nothing gets my pump going. Nothing gets my blood flowing. Nothing gets me more excited and more engaged and more intense into the workout. Frankly, I mean, even more so than most metal, nothing does it like a, like a Rocky soundtrack. It just, you're listening to it and you're just feeling it and you're ready to do the training montage, <laughs> the, the whole thing. And, and I mean, it, what, what's it going to cost you, you know, five, 10, 15 bucks, whatever. Uh, it's, it's amazing or nothing, you know, you could just torrent it, but it, it's one of the best things you could add to your workout arsenal. In my opinion is a great Rocky score. Um, and if you're, if you're not feeling like working out, it just put going to fly now on or I, the tiger, you'll be in the mood just like that. I mean, just, instantaneously it's going to, you're going to get in the mood where, yeah, all right, no, I'm going to fucking do this, you know? And man, that, that's what I, that's, that's absolutely what I would recommend is as far as that goes. Um, the, I, I guess if I were to answer the question, maybe a little more seriously, as far as like, what's the best thing that you could add? Um, especially if you're just starting out, you know, and like you don't have a selection of weights or something, uh, I don't, I don't know if I covered this in the recent fitness special that I did, but you, you really want to start off like you don't want to just kick into using weights. Okay. You want to do a lot of body weight exercises, maybe for like up to three, maybe even six months, you know, until you're like really mastering what your body can do. Okay. Uh, when you're working out. So if you're just starting out any, or even if you're advanced and you don't have one of these, though, you could use, if you have the right kind of dumbbells, you could do this, uh, what do they call them? Like perfect pushup where it's like this handle, these handle things that you can put down on the floor and they aid you in like giving you like really good form uh, and a a better platform maybe even, or not platform because it's just a handle that you're, that you're holding and that's raised uh, that allows you to do a pushup Um, getting, I think you can get a set of those for like 20 bucks, not even Um, pushups are such great full body uh, workouts. And also the way that you do a pushup, like if you have your legs raised or if you're, you know, doing it like a diamond shape or, you know, where your hands are in the shape of a diamond or something like that. Like it, it can it can a push up can concentrate on so many different muscle groups and it can really, you know, do you can do split workouts with push ups alone. It's it's so incredible. Uh, it's such an incredible workout that people forget about. I mean, even even people that are hitting weights all the time, in my opinion, should still do push ups, you know, whenever you can, because there's just there's there's so few workouts that activate everything like a put or that can activate what you want. in so many different muscle groups or even concentrate, not even when you want to activate so many, but concentrate on them in such unique ways like a push up. you know? So pushups are, are quintessential. If, if you, if you had to add one thing and if you're, especially if you're just getting started, get some of those perfect push up like handle things. And that way you can, you can get really good form uh, because form is everything, even when you're just starting out and you're doing pushups. Okay. Uh, and they just, they offer, they offer a ton of options uh, as, as far as that goes. Um, maybe another one you might want to consider is they have these things. They look like walkers. This is similar to the perfect pushup. Uh, they look like walkers where, you know, like it's, um, you know, like, like an old person carrying a walker or whatever. Uh, and it's for doing dips. Like you can do tricep dips with it, but also with one of those, 
one of those devices, okay, um, where it, it allows you to, you could do not just dips, but you could lay back, you know, you could be on your back and hold on and you can do kind of, kind of a, like a, almost a pull-up, like a modified pull-up where your feet are still on the ground. And I mean, that's, that's great for your biceps. That's great for, uh, you know, your back and all this different stuff. There's a lot of different exercises that you could do with one of those. I, I forget exactly what they call them. I mean, I think they just call them like dipping bars or something, but you can do so much more than dips with them. But understand that if you're, especially if you're just starting out and if you're looking for arms, you know, to, to build up arms first and foremost, which I certainly recommend, you know, one of the, if you're a guy particularly anyway, uh, one of the best things, you know, you can do is, is really get like big triceps because triceps are always there. You don't really flex triceps. They're, they're, they're what give you, they're what fill up, fills out the, the sleeve of your t-shirt. Um, not so much the biceps. Okay. Even though you can work out to where your biceps are always there, certainly. Uh, but triceps are, are actually a really big deal. Some people like, you know, you look at John Cena and some of these other guys, like they have kind of freakish biceps or triceps. Uh, but yeah, you really want to concentrate on triceps a lot. And I think a lot of people skip doing that. And, um, yeah, so, so, you know, getting, getting a dipping station like that allows you to work out a lot of different body parts for a very inexpensive price. And I mean, they're, they're light, they're just like this aluminum thing. You can put it in the corner of a room. There's nothing to them, uh, but you can do tricep dips and, you know, you can do kind of a modified pull-ups and all that on it. It's just, it's, it's really, really great. Uh, and it's not a noisy piece of equipment at all either. If like, if you're in an apartment or something, both the perfect push-up stuff and that, you know, and, and the dipping, uh, uh, you know, station or bar or whatever, uh, would, both of those are great for like, if you're working out in an apartment or in a small room or something like that. I mean, just, just, just fantastic. Uh, so that's what I recommend. And of course, you know, get that Rocky CD or <laughs> get that Rocky album, get that going. Um, that's it for this week, uh, for this week's uh, Wednesday Q&A. And of course, you'll, I, will there be one more? I think maybe there'll be one more in January. Let, let's see here. Yeah, yeah. The last one, there actually will be one more in January. So get your questions in. Of course, the best way to send them to me is via the Patreon Messenger or on Patreon in general. Uh, it's a great way. You can also send them to me on Twitter as well. Um, or, you know, and, and again, one of the easiest ways, if you want to let me know, first off, because you're a patron, you're letting me know that you appreciate my work. But and I thank you for that. Like, you have no idea how much I thank you. Uh, but the other way is to just give me a heart or a comment or something on this actual sound on Patreon. Uh, that is a tremendous help. You don't have to. I know most people don't. A lot of people don't even like go to the Patreon page anymore. They pretty much just find out about everything through their email or they get it right in their podcast, their favorite podcast app, which I think it's it's great. You know, I, I don't necessarily need you to to be going somewhere else. But if you want to give me a heart, let me know that you liked it or whatever and share your thoughts, of course. Um, and I do read everything that anybody ever sends in, even though I don't always, you know, well, not everything needs a response, but even though I don't always respond. Uh, so appreciate it. And whoo, I will see all of you on the other side. Woo.